All the people taking their place in the sun. The congregation gathered here at First Parish is a community of many passions, justice-making, peacemaking, making wonderful music, sharing ideas, sharing visions, teaching children, caring for others in the community, hospitality. I can't name all of the ways that I have seen just in this few hours. People in this congregation sharing their passion, sharing their work together, all these passions, and all of these are more, are not only needed here, but they're needed in this world. And at First Parish is a place, a place to connect, connect one's passion with the needs of this world. This is a congregation that helps people develop their spiritual lives. Yes, we know that. But it's also a place where people find a way to express that spirituality in the work of the world, in the service, in their own personal ministry. Personal ministry. Ministries. Isn't ministry something that ministers do? The word ministry comes from the ancient Latin word to serve, but especially the service of a waiter or a waitress, the service of being there present for others, waiting on tables, making it happen, making hospitality happen. So how did we get this word to be a, a servant and take care of others as a waiter or a waitress takes care of people out for a party, out for a good time, out for a business meeting. How did that get to be the model of religious service? In the ancient world, coincidental with the breakup of the Roman Empire, empires break up. <laughs> a new institution arose all over Europe. And that institution was revolutionary in its time. It was called the monastery. The monastery. And many of these monasteries had as their mission hospitality. That was what they were there for. People traveled along all those ancient roads, and there were no motels at, in, those, in that time. And rather, it was kind of rough because actually people, you probably heard of robbers on the road. We don't do that so much anymore, thank goodness. But we get robbed other places. But they were, they, it was rough being a traveler. People sometimes had to travel for work or sometimes for commerce, for business. So people would stop off and stay in the monastery. And the monks always had a cauldron of soup simmering on the stove for the hungry travelers. And people would stop after a day of traveling and partaking of the hospitality, the service in the monastery and in the language is still Latin, to serve being minister. The stuff on the stove became known as the ministrone then. It's out there on, on the sign. <laughs> <laughs> Could have preached about ministrone. 
Ministrum, the service of hospitality, the service at that whole monastery, the soup of weary travelers. So hold that image of that bowl of soup. Smell it. Think of all that went into it. Thinking about that ministroni, may you understand what shared ministry is all about. To the monks, the service, their ministry, was about feeding hungry souls on the road of life. That was what we call a mission. It was something they did together. The wood gatherers, those who worked in the garden, the carpenters, those who tended to the quarters, just all those involved in growing the beans and growing the the vegetables and greens, all those who cooked and served the soup and all that worked on that, they all did their little, little ministry, their little service. The abbot, the spiritual leader of the community, made an important contribution to the common ministry, teaching, counseling, training, helping each monk discern their own special gift, but the ministroni was created by the common effort of the whole community. The traveler who came to the monastery for nourishment savored the vegetables, the beans, the bread, benefited from the shared ministry of everybody who worked there. Together, they worked to create that ministry, serving people on the road, Together we form this congregation and together we do its ministry. Here at First Parish, we celebrate values that we hold dear. We share these in public worship. We nurture a new generation in those values. We witness those values to the wider community. We provide opportunities for people to form relationships with each other and with the wider world. And we do this Together, there are so many ministries going on in this congregation that I don't think anybody can know everything that's going on unless they spend a whole year just going to every meeting, every meeting. <laughs> and some of the things don't even happen in meetings. Don't happen in meetings. And so this congregation does it together. These efforts are together constitute the ministry of First Parish. So many different ministries, but the whole is greater than some of the parts. And the ministries, because they're all being done, are powerful and have, have a powerful effect on this community, a powerful effect, in fact, on this nation by your witness that you probably can't understand making the one little part you're doing unless you can connect, we can connect somehow to all the things that are happening here, the many things that enhance our common mission. Again, ministry is a word that means to serve, to serve the community. The service of that community, but the service to be a ministry, it is not simply enough that you serve others. The service must flow from a conscious intent, from a sense of mission, It must flow from a desire to express the values and purposes of that community. There's a sense that when I'm doing this work, I'm doing it because I want to witness the values that First Parish has, or I want to 
help other people. I want to reach out and help build this beloved community. That sense of mission is connected to the service and gives it, it gives it a sense of power. The mission of those wayside monasteries included hospitality, concretely included nourishment, healing, refuge, a place to sleep, an invitation was also extended to go deeper, to make connections with profound wisdom, to grow an understanding of enduring truth, to talk to somebody. Yes, the common ministry included soup, but it also included a place to sleep and so much more. And after the opening of Y2Y, we're a complete sleeping, showering, soup serving ministry now here. And so it is with us. And so it is with us in our complex and highly mobile society. We're like those travelers 1,500, 1,600 years ago. We're like those travelers. We're looking for a connection. We're looking for a place to make connection, making and we, people come to religious communities seeking hospitality, nourishment, healing, a sense of refuge, and while trying to make progress in their journeys, they come looking for simple connection, and they find this mission that is given out to us, the ministry of the congregation is the work that we do together for the religious community, for your spiritual home. Your work together will make you so much difference, because what happens here is transformative. It changes people. They say that if you don't really want to be changed, don't go to church. These people come to church, they find all kinds of challenges and values. So you might come for stimulation, and you might come for fellowship, and you might come for feeling of connection, and you might come because among these people you find shared values. You might come for any or all of those reasons, but you help to create the stimulation. You help to renew the fellowship. Your presence helps build the feelings of connections in others, and you together you give muscle, muscle to all of those shared values. You embody those shared values. I know, because I've heard, actually, I listen and I hear. Some people always say, well, it's shared ministry. I don't know. That's some new fad. New fad is shared ministry. The inner ministry minister's trying to sell us some new idea that he read in a magazine. <laughs> picked, up, picked up at a workshop at the General Assembly Shared ministry. There was a shared ministry workshop not too in August, I think, in, in New England, uh, the New England region. He must have gone to that. That's where he got all his. I, I know what. I come here to get spit, fed by the minister. So, I assure you, it is not a new idea. It's an old idea. Actually, it's the foundational idea of a congregational church. The founders of this congregation 
in 1830, uh, 1636 were very clear, very clear. The Reverend Mr. Thomas Shepherd was not called the minister, he was called the teacher. The teacher. Because they had together covenanted to do the ministry together. So he was the reverend teacher. The founders of this congregation in 1636, I don't know why I keep doing the 18, 1636 believed in what Luther called the priesthood of all believers. They believed in that. Because that was, I guess they were part of what they understood the church to be. And Martin Luther took up his hammer and nailed his 95 theses on the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg in October of 1517. One of his main points was that religion had to be the work of the whole people. That word laity, have you heard that word laity? Laity comes from the Greek word meaning the whole people. I mean, some of you ordain somebody, doesn't cease, they don't cease to be part of the whole people. It's the whole people. James Luther Adams, who taught social ethics at Harvard Divinity School 50 years ago, just down the street there, 50 years ago, he put it this way. The prophetic liberal church is the church in which people think and work together to interpret the times in the light of their faith. To make explicit through discussion, the thinking that the times demand. The prophetic liberal church is the church in which the members share the common responsibility to attempt to foresee the consequences of human behavior, both institutional and individual, the consequences of human behavior, to see it with the intention of making history in place of merely being pushed around by it. Fifty years ago, he said, let's not get pushed around by history anymore. Let's make some history together. Then he says, only through the propheticism of all believers can we together foresee doom and mend our common ways. It's not a good idea to just say, well, I'll, we'll get us a preacher and he'll tell us about the doom. <laughs> the doom. I mean, I'm sure you've had a couple of those doom sermons, but it, nevertheless, you've got to discuss the doom, integrate the doom into your heart and lives if you're going to respond to, uh, what I think 50 years ago, uh, James Luther Adams, if I remember my 50 years ago, because I, I, I can remember 50 years ago, it was thermonuclear war. To discuss the doom was to discuss what thermonuclear war and how we could stop it, how we could create detente, how we could create relationships of peace. But doom, I suspect, is now climate change. So when we all, we, but there are plenty of other doom things we can talk about. <laughs> we can talk about 
what happens if our values become so stretched thin that we no longer have viable community out there and it becomes a war against war on those streets and sometimes you, you kind of feel that in some parts of our city. So those are, that could be, it wouldn't be a viable community, that's doom. So Adams had in mind the congregation by engaging so many committed minds together. They had a genius. The congregation had a genius. Matter of fact, good preachers know that they get their ideas from participating in those conversations themselves. And so that congregation is a source of boundless creativity, a shared ministry of profound importance, something to be cherished. Adams also suggests that we change the phrase priesthood of all believers, Luther, to include propheticism. The goal is the prophethood and priesthood of all believers, the one for the liberty of prophesying, the other for the ministry of healing. A complete church both witnesses its values in the world and heals those who have been broken, broken by this world. Our religious tradition has prompted, has promoted and developed a professional ministry. And our congregations have ordained those ministers for the purpose that those ministers was, were always to share the ministry with the congregation. That's the purpose of the ordained ministry, is to share the ministry with the congregation, to do what the founders of this congregation said so, so long ago, to have a teacher, not a doer, but one who did it all, so that the minister shares the ministry with the congregation, does not do it for the congregation. The professional ministers are therefore coaches, teachers, promoters of the ministries of all and all who join in the covenant together to witness inclusive love in this broken world, in this world that needs healing, in this world that needs propheticism. So may I ask, what's your ministry? What is your ministry? And my guess, many of you know what the answer to that question is. You sing in the choir. You help with the hospitality. You teach in religious education. You make the social justice work in this congregation. You love to participate in all of the work of governing this congregation. That's a powerful ministry. Believe it me, it is. We live and we, we, or I work to build a community so that we can all work to do the values in the world. Or you're a worship associate. Or you're a pastoral associate. Some among us have a special understanding of finance or law or project management or gardening. But others may be puzzled. What's my ministry? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you would like to talk to others when pondering this question. Maybe you'd like to take some time alone. Maybe you'd like to try out some different things and see which one works. Or maybe life is just so busy right now that 
You could put that question on the back burner and just let it sit there for a while because you're just too busy just keeping up with keeping up. But when you're ready, perhaps these four questions will prompt some thinking. One, what am I good at? Two, what do I like to do? And three, what needs to be done? Or to paraphrase Frederick Bucher, who made, said all that stuff much more poetically, our ministry is where our greatest passion meets the world's greatest needs. The Reverend Roy Phillips, long a champion of shared ministry over the many decades that he was with us in the Unitarian Universalist ministry, put it this way. People want religious community where they can feel connected to others and not isolated. People want to be encouraged in a religious community to find out who they are and follow what their own lead. They want to deepen spirituality that people would be encouraged to live out their own giftedness in action in the world. People need to feel connected to a religious community in which they are involved, able to deepen and develop themselves spiritually, outwardly, to live their gifts, live their gifts and values in the world. And we together are sharing in the work of building this community together. 